episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 53. This week, I caught up with Russell Zout. Russell's got an advanced design body style GMC. It's a, it's a 47 to 48. It's been quite interesting, actually. I... You know, you listen to the podcast and you'll hear a bit about the build. It's a, an Aussie Chevy cab and he, he's bought a half-ton DMC front end for it. And so, you know, it, it's a bit of a bit, so it, it's, it looks awesome. And I, I didn't know as much about the GMC front grille setup as I'd like to. So I did a bit of digging and a bit of research. And so 1947 and 1948 had a three-bar grille, which is what Rusty's truck's got. So... Effectively, you know, his pickups are 47, 48 uh, model front end looking pickup. And then from 49 through 54, they went with the uh, four horizontal bars. And then the, I think the 54, 55, they went to the, you know, the, the moustache sort of goes around, but then they've got an extra bit of chrome that comes out um, with the indicators under the headlights. So interesting to have a look into it all, but. Minor details, cool-looking truck. Rusty's uh, mid-build on that, and you'll hear all about it in the podcast. So, um, been following him for a long time, and you know, definitely a big fan. And as you'll hear in the podcast, I've just bought myself a GMC, so I thought it's about time we had a GMC on. And uh, yeah, it was great to chat to him. So, we we had a few recording issues again. Um, I'm just finding if the internet's not very strong um, on the other end, it's a bit frustrating with the software I'm using, but I'm, I'm battling and trying to make it win. So hopefully it sounds all right. Um, I pieced together about 11 different recording sections to make this one all sound like it was one podcast. So it um, it's a it's a good interview. I really enjoyed it and definitely look forward to catching up with Rusty when I get the chance. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Russ, thanks for coming on the podcast, mate. I, um, I got to say you've been a requested uh, guests. So I've had a few people say, hey, you got to get Russ on the post podcast. So yeah, so we'll be really original and just run like we normally do, mate. So yeah, give us a bit of a, a background for you. You know, what were your early influences and and what were your early vehicles? And, you know, hopefully there's a Hyundai XL in there or something like that that we can laugh at, but I, I got a feeling there's not. So tell us, tell us your story. Well, you'd be wrong because there was a Hyundai XL. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, so I grew up uh, as probably the odd one out, actually, in my family because um, I always wanted a hotted up modified car. Uh, and while my family liked sort of, uh, we we followed the touring cars, um, we didn't, the family didn't really modify cars per se. So, you know, we drove a bloody, uh, my parents had a, uh, a Ford uh, Cortina wagon, not exactly the sexiest car on earth. Um, and then they had a Hyundai XL. So, 
you know, they didn't modify cars. So when I got to an age where I was old enough, I, I was modifying cars pretty well straight away. I bought a Suzuki hatch, three, three cylinder thing that um, was the only car I was allowed to buy because my dad was paying. And, uh, <laughs> and I even modified that. So yeah, but influences are things like Tirana's, um, a lot of street machine sort of stuff as I was growing up. And sort of as I got a bit older, I uh, sort of turned more towards um, trucks and sort of mini trucks actually is where I sort of really found my feet and found what I loved. Yeah, yeah. cool. And, and how how did you discover them? Like was that you were just at a show or you saw them around the streets? How did you get involved with that scene? Funny enough, I, um, I had a Hilux. I was working uh, in construction had my own little business, labouring business. So I, I had a ute because it was practical for what I, what I needed. And, uh, and I'd done it up a little bit, but never sort of knew too much about, there was, there was no sort of scene that I knew of, right? Uh, and I just happened to be surfing the internet one day and I came across a, looking for an engine actually, because I blew up my four wire and uh, came across a website called um, streetsourcemagazine.com, which was a mini truck site. And was fascinated immediately, you know, that people modify these things, lay them on the ground, put massive wheels on them, hectic paint jobs back then, modif modified every aspect of them. So that fascinated me. And uh, so I did some research and started to look around and found uh, found a local blunt sugar uh, guys called Drop Zone. Started hanging out with them and been doing it ever since, honestly. So, yeah. Not much has changed. I just play with bigger trucks now. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the way a lot of guys have, have come through the ranks, whether you say that. I don't know. And I'm, I'm not trying to insult the guys who are still playing with mini trucks because that's fine. Do whatever you want. But uh, I think a lot of guys, yeah, they started off in that sort of mini truck scene. And, you know, even in America, the guys are just they were doing S10s and, you know, that sort of thing. And then they mm. you move your way up to a full-size truck and, you know, it's it's the same stuff, but I guess it's just a bit bigger and a bit more expensive. Yeah, exactly. Well, I actually bought an F100 many years ago, uh, probably probably for 12, 13 years ago. And when I started to modify it, it was too expensive. Like all the parts were just ridiculously more expensive than what it was to do a Hilux. And so I, I went very quickly back to a Hilux and... Uh, and as I've got a bit older and got a bit more money and got a better paying job, I can afford to play with a little bit more of the uh, more mature kind of truck. Yeah, yep. I still can't afford it, but I've got three of them now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I am um, uh, pretty keen to get you on for a while, but you know, I, I think I mentioned that I don't think we've had a GMC on yet on the podcast. We've oh, had okay. just about everything else, so. That was yep. kind of cool, and I just found myself as an owner of a GMC. So um, I just bought a '49 um, Suburban Carryall. So oh, I, uh, yeah, bit of a rare nice, beast. Yeah, mm. so it's in it's in Texas, and uh, just trying to sort out a title at the moment because it doesn't have a title. And anyone listening, uh, don't buy a vehicle that doesn't have a title because it's a headache. But I couldn't not buy this one. It was the right price, and it's a Texas truck. It's very nice. So, yeah. But um, it's not tell us, drive, is it? Yeah, I believe so. Look, I, I haven't seen a heap of. Is it? 
Yeah, I, I haven't seen a heap of photos, but the photos that I have seen, you know, like the areas that I would expect uh, to see rust and and I um, I definitely lurk and look at a lot of Suburbans online because it's something I'm really interested in getting my hands on. So, yeah, this one, you know, like realistically these days in the States, even, you know, just a, a, a 50 Chev pickup with no engine or transmission, you know, you you're struggling to find selling even half decent for under five grand. And, mm. you know, the minute you put the word suburban in there, you're looking at 10 to 15 these days for a, a half decent thing you can find. And so this GMC popped up the other day for five grand suburban. Right. And well, wow. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're called a suburban in a GMC. I think they're just a carry all, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I couldn't pay the guy fast enough. I was like, mate, here's my money. I will, Work it out. So, yeah. I'll worry logistics later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's happening. But, yeah, so, you know, did did you build a full blown bag mini truck? Was that something you went right yeah. down that alley? Yeah. Yeah, literally. So, two or three of them actually. Yeah. Um, over the years. So, I built a Mazda, uh, a Morris 1100 with air suspension. Uh, then it was uh, a Hilux. Then um, then there was an, the F100 and then back to a Hilux. So the last Hilux that I did, I, I had it for oh, like about 10 years, so long time, and built it three different ways and, yeah, loved it to death. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't practical. It was full show car. It wasn't practical for me to drive anywhere. would overheat because it had a 308 and the engine bay wasn't big enough and the radiator wasn't big enough. And... Uh, and yeah, it just, just wasn't practical. I couldn't drive it anywhere without being scared that somebody was going to open their door into it or scratch it or look it the wrong way. So I wasn't having any fun with it anymore. So uh, I was married at the time and I said to my wife, I said, oh, I think I need to get out of this truck. And she said, well, what do you want? And I said, oh, look, I'd like, I'd like sort of a, an old truck, a bit like Aaron Gregory's, something like that. And uh, she said, well, why don't you do it? I said, are you sure? And she said, yep. And I went and pulled the truck apart that night. <laughs> Listed everything <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> so, yeah, no turning back. So, yeah. So, so, so you, didn't sell it, you didn't sell it as a complete truck. You wanted to keep the chassis no, and everything off it. Exactly. So the chassis that I've got under the GMC is the Hilux chassis. Gotcha. Um, it just yeah. so happened that I knew that there was a, uh, a Chev body in Victoria by a guy called Stuart that I know who um, who was looking to get rid of it. So it just all sort of worked out nicely. Um, it was a bit less than I had hoped it was when I got there, but it was a thousand bucks. So honestly, you really can't complain. I've seen people asking for the same. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I reckon even three years ago, you could you could pay two grand for a complete truck and now you're in the six grand plus kind of market, I think, for for a rusty farm truck. But yeah, so yours is a yeah, it's a right hand drive Aussie cab. Um, looks like it had some pretty good rust in it from some of the photos I saw. So did you do all that work yourself? Are you you handy with a lot? Yeah, yeah. So it was a it's a Holden built one, uh, right hand drive, um, and yeah. So the A pillar in it was completely gone. The floor in it was rotten. Uh, and the more I looked into it, the more I found. So, like the window frames were all rotten. The um, 
the corners of the the bottom of the uh, rear firewall were rotten. So yeah, it was pretty much a it needs a firewall, it needs a floor, it needs a pillar. Um, even even where the guards mount, they're all rotten. So there's a lot worse than I'd hoped. But like I said, for a thousand bucks, I really can't complain too much. And it, it happened that I was going to Texas for a uh, car show called uh, Lone Star Throwdown. So I organised a bunch of bits and pieces that I could pick up while I was there and then got to cutting and shutting things. Yeah, so I did all the welding pretty well myself. Um, the chassis had already, um, well, as I mentioned, it was it was the Hilux chassis, so it was already bagged. Um, I did that with a couple of mates, Luke and Jake, over the course of a few years. and. So, um, so I was pretty confident with all that. So it was just a question of getting the body together in some sort of shape that it was going to be workable. So it's been three years to get it to where it is now, which is probably another six months from being on the road, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it mm. takes a while, doesn't it? It's, um, yeah, I reckon mine's been sitting around for three years now, but I just don't have any time at the moment to work on it. But Mm-hmm. Common struggle. So when when you're over in uh, Texas for the throwdown, were you, you know, did you source that GMC front end, or what's the story behind that? No. So I got a bit lucky there. Uh, um, I came across a bloke who was out Penrith way who uh, who had a few different chevs, and he just had happened to have the chev front end, and he wanted a 308. And uh, so because I was pulling the 308 out of the Hilux. It was like, well, I've got a 308 and a gearbox, you know, what's the chances of uh, doing some sort of uh, some sort of deal? And uh, he went for it. So to be honest, I've probably come out pretty good there because the 308's not, not really worth a great deal. And uh, and a GMC front end, as you probably know, they're, they're not exactly what you call cheap. So no, a bit no. of a win in my corner. Yeah, I reckon you've done it right out of that deal for sure. Mm. And I love that GMC front. I, I, I really like the look of them. Yeah, and so that's a small truck front end, is it? It is, yeah. yeah. Small truck front end, yeah. guards to suit, bonnets to suit. Mm. And awesome. bolts up to the stock like stock, stock uh, body. So, like, you know, you could have the Chevrolet body and doesn't make any difference as long as you've got the guards bonnet and grill, you're all good. Yeah, yeah, and that's the great thing about those, you know, the Oz, Aussie and the American Chev and GMC cabs. Like they, you can swap the front ends as long, like you say, as long as you do everything, you can mm. you can switch them wherever you want, which is really cool. Yeah, and I love that shape front end. I think it looks really tough. I think it really suits the shape of the truck. So, mm. Mm. yeah, I know. I was making a quip about the uh, the handlebar moustache, which is kind of how I hear them described quite often. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Sex pet. Yes, sex pet. That's cool. So I've seen some photos and it looks like, you know, you've taken it to a show whether you drove it there or not, but with it all in bare metal. Mm -hmm. And now I think you've got it in some paint. So what was the story with the bare metal setup? Were you just running it like that for a bit or was that just sort of pieced together? So I... um... I'm involved in running a show called East Coast Cruise, which is held in November every year down in a place called Jindabyne. Um, and so being somebody who's heavily involved in it, I wanted to take my own truck to it. 
been a couple of years since I'd been able to take a truck. So it was at a point where it was, you know, I'd built the bed, I'd, I'd you know, put a floor in it and I'd put, I'd put the body together to some extent and I could put, put it up and down so I could lift it up and down. So I thought, now's the time, I'll take it down and show it as it is, as an under construction thing. Didn't even have an engine in it at that point. Um, yes, took it down there like that. And then about 12 months later, I took it in primer to a guy called, oh, you, you might have even spoken to him, I think, Scotty. Do you know Scotty from Oxitech? Yeah, I know Scotty. I, I haven't yeah. spoken to him. I know the guys on the um, the Gutter to Gutter podcast had a good chat to him, but mm. um, which, which was a great episode. So, no, I mean, he's on the list, but, um, you know, we'll get there eventually. But, yeah, I love I love the truck he's building. It's beauty. Yeah, it's a very nice 55. I've had the pleasure of having a ride in it. It goes like, Bollocks, man. <laughs> Supercharge up on the wind. Um, yeah, yeah, so um, he had a show to commemorate uh, 10 years of being in business with Oxitech. So I got it as much as I could in primer and got it together as much as I could for that about a year after having it in bare metal. And then another year or so later, I've got it in paint. So, and uh, not far off t- turning it over, not far off getting it running now. So, it's been a real good experience because, you know, I can honestly say that I've pretty much built the whole truck. You know, I've had some help from people, like I've had some help to doing the exhaust with Chubby. I uh, had a lot of powder coating stuff done with Scotty and uh, and low fabrication. So, you know, but, um, you know, I've done a lot of the welding myself. I've hung the doors myself. I've painted it myself. Even done the bulk of the interior myself. So, I, you know, it's kind of makes you feel pretty good when you've been able to do so much yourself. Yeah, yeah. It it might take longer than if you have someone else, you know, like you you can send three jobs out to three different guys and get stuff done faster. But no, I'm like you, I everything that's happened to my truck so far has been me and my hands and my welder and I can't mm. uh, you know, I'm not I'm never gonna have a look at another guy and and think badly that he didn't do the work himself because if you don't have those skills, you can't do it. Or if you don't have the time, you can't do it. But um, yeah, I certainly love getting um, get my hands dirty and filling my lungs up with grinding dust and that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, 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 we're all wearing masks now, aren't we, down here in Victoria? So it doesn't really matter. Oh, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it was funny when I painted the truck because um, I did bits and pieces at a time um, one of my one of my mates Steve he's a he's a painter and the first thing is so my housemate's a, a videographer so he filmed a bit of it and he um, posted it up on the internet first thing that Steve said where's your fucking mask yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah whoops <laughs> yeah. oh well you only live once you do you do so, so do you think if you could go and talk to Russ two or three years ago right now and say, uh, listen, the cab's not going to just drop on the chassis and everything's going to be hunky-dory, do you think in retrospect you might have done this differently? Would you have you know, perhaps done a, a whole new custom build the right way from the start or are you – do you think that, you know, the way, I mean, obviously you can't change it, but, you know, for someone else listening, maybe they've got a little mini truck that they're thinking about doing something and they think, oh, you know, it's easy. You just chuck a body on it. But um, was it enough work that it would have been 
worth doing it differently or, or it hasn't been that much? I think, I think it would depend on your level yeah. of skill. I've been lucky that I've had a couple of people around me who have over the years who've been really, really good at, at building stuff and fabricating, right? Uh, and, you know, like I'm happy to say I've got one of my best mates is a guy called Aaron Gregory. He's a master fabricator. He's a fucking genius. Um, and um, so I've been in a position where I could pick up the phone and say, Aaron, what do I do now? <laughs> You know, like if this this doesn't work this way, what do you, what do you suggest? And you know, get a piece of paper out and draw something and go try that. Um, if you don't have that, then I would say you know don't bite off more than you can chew. But I've been lucky that I've I've got most of the gear. Um, I had the time, and I had sort of people around me that I could talk to if if I didn't know what to do next. Well, that's good. And. And do you think with a bigger engine bay, you know, you're obviously going to put a much bigger radiator in and, and sort of get get away get away from yep. the overheating issues? Um, that all seems like it's going to work all right. Yeah, so I'm running in a LS1 with the stock gearbox, stock gearbox, stock radiator. Um, you know, so it'll it'll run hopefully just like a Commodore with an LS1 in it. That's the plan anyway, and uh, yeah, the engine base huge. Um, I've wrapped the exhaust so far as you know getting it out of the engine bay. So I, I feel like a lot of the little issues that I would have had that I had with the previous truck won't be an issue. Certainly the hope, because the intention of this was always to drive it. I mean, the reason that I went with flat paint and like the farm truck kind of look was I can park it in a car park, and if somebody opens their door into it yeah it'll probably piss me off but it's not you know a 30k paint job you know that's gonna make me cry so that, that's the big advantage of it and, and i just wanted to be able to go out and you know like i mentioned a few of my mates have got trucks and they're all that sort of style of truck and i, I just want to be able to go and burn around with them you know you know ryan's had a couple of 55s and and you know, Aaron's obviously got his 51 and Scotty's got a 55 and, you know, I'd, I'd just like to be able to go for a drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, and try and catch up. Yeah, well, LS will do that for you. I certainly hope so. And, and so this is going to be full rego, obviously, if you're going to have it as a daily? Uh, it's not going to daily. I'm still going to use the Ranger as a daily. I'm just going to probably go the uh, classic, not classic, the uh, conditional Regi, I think. Yeah. And 90 days, you know, if you, if you can use it for 90 days of a year, I don't can't see myself using it more than that anyway. No. And then if, if you do end up driving it more than that, then the next year you just uh, change it over, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly. So, so what's left to finish it off? Is it you know it's just wiring and interior sort of stuff, or so the wiring's run, so it's all run to where it's got to go, but it's, nothing's actually um, fitted in yet. So, like you know, blinkers aren't wired together to the loom and all that sort of stuff. So, there's a lot of soldering and and stuff to go, and uh, and yeah, the interior's got to go into it. Uh, I've still got to buy some sort of dash, um, some sort of, you know, like I've just been thinking IQ3, just a sort of plug and play dash for it. Um, but yeah, that that needs doing. Put some fuel in it and hope it runs. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's it's not much. It's it, but it's all the expensive stuff now, right? Like all the stuff at the end of the journey is what costs you the most. Yeah, yeah. You get to that. You, know? you get to that lock-up point, you know, like when you said you took it down to Jindabai and parked it there. It almost looks like it's a finished truck, but it's so far away from being finished mm. that it's not funny. And <clears throat> yeah, like you say, the um, once you start adding up the dollar value of what everything's going to cost you, like you know, like a Dakota Digital dash cluster, you know, that's three grand or something like that. You know, it's every little thing you get just adds up, and yeah, it's uh, it's best not to add all that up. Yeah, better for me not to know how much I've spent, you reckon. <laughs> uh, so why... With you on that. Mate. Why is it called Moonshine? What's the story behind that? <laughs> so it's actually called Moonshine Door Slammer. Yeah. Uh, and the reason for that is I was... I think you know this story because you've got a little grin. <laughs> so I... um. I had uh, the Hilux at uh, Scotty's place after having a bit of a brake failure. I was pulling it off the trailer and uh, it was going to roll into his uh, his his uh, uh, Holden, whatever it is, his, his ute. And so I put my foot on the gas to get it off the back of the trailer as opposed to hit his ute and I smashed into his garage oh. door. So from then on, the boys have called me door slammer or top door slammer. So, um, yeah, I was just mucking around with the idea of being a farm truck and then that sort of snowballed into, oh, you know, a whiskey runner and then uh, and then the whiskey idea, we, I thought, oh, wouldn't wouldn't door slammer be a bit of bit of fun? So that's where it mm. got to. No, yeah, that's cool. So moonshine just because whiskey. And I, I love whiskey. <laughs> so oh, not Exactly. Um Okay, cool. Another another question I had was, um, you're a member of Negative Canberra, is that right? That's yeah. right, man. So, you know, I'm I'm not a mini trucker. I I kind of have a bit of an idea, and I've I've spoken to a bunch of guys that have been, but you know, Negative Canberra, I think is is probably a mini truck club from the Sydney area. Is that right? Uh, it's it's a mini truck club. Yeah, uh, it's a worldwide mini truck club. So. Uh, it was started by a guy called Courtney um, over in uh, in America, uh, and we have chapters all over America, Canada, Japan, and Australia. Um, we're pretty big. We've been uh, the next year's thirty years for us that we've been established, so long time going. And we, and we run a lot of the major events um, so far as car shows around the world too. So the Lone Star Throwdown, the um, Scraping the coast. Um, well, I'm trying to think of others, but there's dozens of them. There's huge shows that uh, that we're involved in. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's um. I... Do you watch Do you watch Texas Metal? No, no, I haven't. So there's a show on TV called Texas Metal. Bill, who is the the main guy in that, that runs the shop down in Texas. That's a He's an NC member, so like we're all over the place. You just don't realise we're there. <laughs> we're hiding in plain sight. Yeah. No, no, I've I've seen a lot of the NC stuff around, and um, yeah, had a have a bit of an idea on on how it all goes down. So, no, that's cool. I mean, I I think that you know a, a car club. It's interesting because you know what you guys have got there with negative camera is is quite specific to a style of 
of vehicle or an era of vehicle. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of people now that think about joining a car club, they, they're kind of only doing it to get their historic registration or their, you know, whatever it's, whatever it's called mm. in your individual state. But, you know, a lot of guys, they'll just, they'll join a mm. club, they'll get their club rego and then they'll never turn up to a meeting and they're, they're kind of not involved at all. And I think it's a little bit of a shame. I think, you know, car clubs can be a really, really good part of your lifestyle if you if you're really into it and um yeah it sounds like those oh. early early clubs like what you're talking about really do get it run together and do stuff together well we're a bit different to other clubs so um we actually call ourselves the anti-club um, the whole premise of our club is that we don't do dues don't do membership fees we don't force you to go to a meeting uh, we don't have rules. Actually, we have two rules. Number one, first rule is you have to have a mini truck mm -hmm. to get in. Second rule is don't fuck anybody's wife. Pretty simple rules. <laughs> I think you'll agree. Um, but, but that's pretty much the premise of the whole club is that we don't do any of that standard stuff that other clubs do um, to the point where, you know, you won't be able to get a club rego from us because we don't get involved in in doing that kind of thing because that's not what we're about. Yeah. You have to have money to do that kind of thing, right? And, and we don't we don't carry money. No, you, and you so. have to have people who are prepared to be on a committee and go through all the bullshit that's involved in that. But um, I got a lot of respect for the people that do do that because I think it's an important part important yeah, part same. of our uh, of our hobby. But yeah, absolutely. So, but. But negative camber is that it, it's an invite thing, though, isn't it? Like I can't just buy a mini truck and say I can't it just is. go. Oh, I'm a member of negative camber, you know. No, oh, absolutely not. No, yeah. no, no. Um, no, you, you, you've got to have literally a show-worthy truck to uh, be invited, and you've got to be invited. We don't. You can't just yeah rock up and join one day. <laughs> Doesn't work like no, that. That's cool. Mm. Very good. All right. Well, um, what other questions? Well, let's talk about the the river run so i don't know you know i don't, yeah. I don't know this is a public event that anyone can come to why don't, why don't you just tell us a little bit about the history of it um and how that all works yeah so there's there's three shows that i'm involved with um the first one being let's let's talk rusty river run which was literally uh an event that i run what uh must have been a month and a half two months ago and literally the idea was that nobody had had any fun for quite some time yeah. with COVID. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could all get together, camp out somewhere, drink far too much alcohol and hang out with our cars. And that's what Rusty River One was just about. Um, originally, it was going to be down at the, the ski park just a, a down from my house, a, a, a water ski park. But um, then we had the floods and, and that, that park was pretty well decimated. So we ended up having it up at my place. And uh, yeah, it was just about having a good time and relaxing and getting together and I'll do it again next year, I'd say, and probably try and do it at the ski park or another venue next year, but there we go. Um, then there's the um, Laurie Starling Memorial event, which we run sort of every two or three years, depending. Um, and that's just in memory of a mate of ours, uh, Laurie Starling, and it's just to, honestly, just to raise money to, to fund the Laurie Starling Memorial um, Scholarship which is a, a scholarship that's about giving um, apprentices a go. So basically, if you're into uh, and you want to build cars, whether that's, you know, whether you're designing cars on a computer, whether that's you're doing interiors, whether that's you're fabricating, 
being an electrician, like an auto electrician, um, you can apply to be considered for it and one person gets it every year. And we give them a few thousand bucks and help them along their way. And then the third one is the East Coast Cruise, which is 20 years old. Uh, and it's uh, primarily a mini truck event, but low riders, anything custom, honestly. Um, and like I said, that's held in Jindabyne at the moment. And we, yeah, so we've got a venue called uh, The Station. You ever gone skiing? I'm a, a pretty full-time skier. I work on the ski patrol in Falls Creek. So I get up and ski at Jindabyne oh, wow. a lot and uh, do a lot of mountain biking up there in the summer. And yeah, very lot, spent a lot of time in that area. So I know where you're talking about. Nice. So yeah, if you know the station, literally, you know, you've got all the accommodation in the one spot. Um, you've got streets that you know you can drive up and down and circle around and and we just put a big gate up at the front and sort of make it you know entrance only sort of a deal uh, a bit like some of that so you know you close down the area and make it just for the for the entrance and the, the people who are attending as opposed to the general public and it it makes for a good weekend yeah yeah it's good to get it's interesting. I went up to Wagga not too long ago to a show they had up there, and it was kind of in a caravan park, but it was doing a similar thing. And and then they did a bit of a cruise and ended up having a lunch. And yeah, I mean, some shows are all about the public coming and seeing the cars, and then some, and then a lot of shows are just about all the car people getting together. And I I think that's really cool as well, you know. Yeah, bit of community kind of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's yeah. cool, and and that's so that's an annual event that's been going for twenty years. Did annual you say? event, November every year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. What part of yeah, November? It sort of started off as a mini truck thing, and it's grown. Yeah, uh, it's actually this year. It's uh, I think the ninth to the thirteenth, something like that. The Friday through to the Monday. Yeah, cool. So the week after your thing in, uh, in Wodonga, yeah, in uh, Wodonga. Yep. So mm. probably the same weekend as Dino's Get Down, I think, over in um, Arizona. It is, and the same weekend as uh, Chopped. Yep. This year as well, which was a bit of unluck. Just, uh, like bit, bit unlucky, but what do you do? And then the following weekend is Motorex. So there's a fair bit going on in November this year. Yeah, there is. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> hopefully we can get to Motorex. I, I had tickets for it earlier, and obviously. Mm. That didn't happen, so yeah, it's uh, it's a bit frustrating at the moment. We're all dealing with this COVID bullshit, and yeah, especially down here in Victoria, being you know locked down, and they're supposed to maybe let us out, but I don't think Again. They're, they're not gonna. I don't think so. We'll see what happens. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no fun. Can't be good for business. <laughs> no, look, it's really hard. I mean, I went to get no, a, no fun at all. I went to get a coffee here in town this morning, and like we're a little country town, we're in the middle of nowhere. We got about five coffee shops, and there, there was only one of them open this morning, you know. And it's just really hard. I mean, hard to get staff, hard to get, you know, to to even stay open because you can only do your takeaway stuff. It, it yeah, it really makes it. I feel for people that are, you know, obviously everyone in the construction industry, and you know, there's a bunch of industries that are still nothing seems to have changed. And you know, I'm lucky enough that I can come to work every day. Mm. But I do, I really do feel for these businesses that just have to shut down all the time. It's it's so heartbreaking, and there's no support at the moment from the government so yeah i don't know what to do with it themselves let alone help anybody yeah that's right i guess it is what it is at the moment so um anyway 
back on to cool stuff. Fuck that. We don't want to talk about COVID. I'm sick of it. <laughs> so is there any, anything else about your truck that you want to sort of mention or, or talk about that we've missed? I don't think so, mate. No, no. I like it. Um, to be honest, uh, even if it hits the road and nobody else likes it, I, I don't think that's going to matter too much, to be honest. It's something that I built myself and I'm pretty proud of and, yeah, maybe other people might have done things differently, but, you know, that's the individuality of building a truck, right? Yeah. You know, no two people are going to want things the same way. No, absolutely. And yeah, no, I love it. I, I had a perfect example of that this week on, on Facebook. I, I'm pretty good at biting my tongue. I, you know, like, I don't, I don't take the bait of the trolls. I don't really get too involved in a lot of shit that's on Facebook or whatever. And I was, there was a, an American Facebook page. I think it's Patina Nation or something like that. Anyway, they sort of, mm -hmm. they posted up a photo of a, an Aussie truck, a, you know, really good guy. I know the guy that built it and, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different, mm -hmm. but it's fucking cool. It's his truck. And they posted a photo and, you know, someone had just made a comment about, I think her word, it was a chick and her wording was that the uh, that tailgate script looks horrendous is what she said and mm, and I was right. just like no I don't reckon that I'm going to sit by and let that one go by and I you know you you click on their link and you stalk them a little bit and like she didn't look like she owned a vehicle yeah. of any note and I was just like at all no and I, I just thought alright I'm just going to comment I, I wasn't being an asshole I just said to her look you know I think horrendous is a little bit of a harsh word to use. It may not be your style. That's fine. But, you know, the guy spent thousands of dollars and probably thousands of hours to build his dream vehicle. You don't have to shoot him down, you know, and uh, it just frustrates mm. me. Like I, I don't like, I don't, I wouldn't own half the stuff that I see online, but I'm not going to bag a guy yeah. out because he built it the way he wants it. Good on him, you know? So no, I like, I like what you say there. Like doesn't matter if anyone else likes your truck, you've built it and it's for you. As long as it, I can blast down the road in it, mate, and drag it on the ground a little, I'll be pretty, pretty bloody happy. Yeah. Well, the good news is there's at least two Simple of us. There's at least two of us that think it's cool. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Uh, cool, Russ. Well, if people want to check out your truck, um, your Instagram handles at rustyvision underscore nc. Is that? sort of an open page or is that a yep. yeah me? Yep. yeah it is yeah it's a public one yeah yep and uh any other on the, <laughs> on the porn yeah any other social media links for people to check out maybe some of your shows or any of that sort of I, stuff I you reckon, want to mention yeah the one that i'd probably say to visit it would be www.eastcoastcruise.com and that'll take you to our uh, east coast cruise facebook page and uh you can have a look at what we're about there and you know, plenty of old trucks get plenty of older plastics and we have a pretty bloody good time. So, yeah, love to see some old things down there. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's what it's all about. All right, mate. Well, look, I appreciate your time um, having a chat with us and really look forward to seeing the truck once it's finally completed and, you know, got some plates on it and cruising the streets. Sweet as. Thanks for your time, bud. No worries, mate. Thank you. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. 
Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket, you'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.